Scott, what do you think the three biggest disabilities are in the world of leadership that have that have tripped leaders yeah. in such a transformation? Number one, I think when you are a leader, you need to have the mindset that your job is to achieve results with and through other people. That no longer are you the genius in the room. No longer should you have all the answers. That your job is to get results with and through other people. You're listening to the Nick Vujicic Podcast, the place where you will be coached in how to turn your obstacles into opportunities, inspired to dream big, and challenged to never give up. Now here's our host, New York Times bestselling author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Nick Vujicic. Hello and welcome back to the Nick Vujicic Podcast. I am so honored to have our next guest here on our Monday Weekly. Sometimes I interview people that people know exactly what I'm talking about. Many of you would know the name, uh, the Franklin Covey Group. I mean, we all know who the Covey family is, and I was absolutely privileged to be um, a, 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 an interviewed uh, guest on the Franklin Covey 100th episode that is hosted by no other than my guest here today, Scott Miller. Welcome to the Nick Voices podcast. You weren't only our 100th interview, you were our favorite interview. The On Leadership podcast that I'm privileged to host for Franklin Covey is now the world's largest leadership podcast. And our group sat down and said, if we could have anybody for 100, who would it be? And you are a unanimous vote. So I'm honored to be your friend. I'm honored to be a guest on your podcast. Nick, nice to see you. Wonderful to see you. Uh, Beyond words, uh, everyone listening and watching, I want you to know that when you find people who are like-minded, who have no problem running a million miles an hour and multitasking 30 things at the same time and being able to look at impossibilities from different perspectives where the word impossible doesn't even register in our brain. My gosh, when Scott Miller and Nick Vujicic got together online before the interview, everyone was like, guys, like, can you stop talking just so we can get to the interview? Um, I want to quickly do uh, something that I, I need to do, Scott. Uh, you and I, we, we, we love anybody who uh, makes a difference against human trafficking. Uh, for those of you who drink coffee, not all of us drink coffee, I understand. But please go right now to storyvillecoffee.com, Storyville, sorry, storyville.com slash Nick. They're my coffee partners. Uh, not only do they make the best coffee in the world, um, they actually got number one roaster in America by some top magazine by wine connoisseurs, uh, but they actually give the majority net profit uh, towards organizations leading the charge against wow. human trafficking. Wow. They're unbelievable. They're my friends, they're my partners. And please subscribe. I've been subscribed to them for five years. We'll never stop subscribing to them because not only is it the best coffee, um, but every sip I'm realizing that I'm a reason for someone else's freedom. So if you want to make a difference in human trafficking and you don't need to donate a further dollar, you just need to change and switch to a subscription, whether it's K-Cups, whole beans, um, or whatever, Nespresso's, 
comes to your door. Storyville Coffee, check it out. Storyvillecoffee.com slash Nick. Type in the promo code Nick. You get 50% off your first shipment order. Thank you, Storyville, for what you do. You're in? I'm in. I'll, I'll subscribe Great. today. Drew, make sure when we get off that I get subscribed to anything Nick's in for, I'm in for. Awesome. Appreciate it. I will never uh, uh, do anything else but that. Scott, I love you. Uh, Scott, i got to read the bio because I'm terrible at this. Uh, Scott Miller is a 25-year associate of Franklin Covey and serves as the executive vice president of Thought Leadership. You host the world's largest and fastest growing podcast or newsletter devoted to leadership development on leadership. Additionally, you're the author of the multi-week Amazon number one new release, Management, Mester Leadership Success. Good. 30 challenges to become the leader you would follow and the Wall Street Journal journal bestseller. Love it. Thank you, because I couldn't hold up the book. Everyone deserves a great manager. The six critical practices for, a, for leading a team. Previously, Scott, you worked for the Disney Development Company and grew up in the Central Florida, uh, and grew up in Central Florida. You live in Salt Lake City, Utah, with his wife, your wife, and three sons. Um, and additionally, you've served under the tutorage of Dr. Stephen Arkavi for close to two decades as yeah. a sales producer and sales leader. Yeah. Okay, like seriously, and look at you. You're 30 years old? I'm 52. These three boys have aged me. You're 32. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Scott, um, I'm numb in the face just to have this uh, with you. Scott, um, I'm going to try not to get emotional. I transparently told you after our interview, you're like, I just, I just want to call. And you said, I'd love to consult you. And I'm like, I don't want anyone to consult me for free. And you said, that's it. If you ever bring up money again, yeah. if you ever bring that up, um, Nick, I, I love you and I believe in you. And just as a friend, you wanted to give some time to me just to help me out. In a time where I was transparently telling everyone it was hard for me to peel myself off the floor. Yeah, It's hard to have a revolution of business when all that you've known has gone to zero. Uh, September on, on the for-profit, Scott, September will be the first month that we'll actually stop losing money. And uh, it, it is so amazing how timely your amazing wisdom and encouragement came from my life. I just want to say on behalf of me and my family and our team, thank you for, for you being you. Thank you for leading many people from good to greatness. Uh, thank you for having such an incredible heart that's genuine and you run a million miles an hour and, and, and you have such incredible wisdom and cadence with things called human beings. You are amazing. I'm so glad to have you as my friend. Scott, um, wherever you want to run, I, yeah. I, I know that many people who are host the podcasts um, don't always get to share a part of their heart with the audience. And I always want to start kind of there, like, how the heck did you get to where you're at? We'd love to know your journey, your story, yeah. because everyone has a story. 
And I'm just glad to share you with our audience. I love you, Scott. Here's the microphone. Where did you come from? <laughs> and, <laughs> and how did such a mighty man um, of honor, of wisdom, of experience, and uh, incredible leadership, uh, how did you, when did you first realize, wow, I could get into possibly a future of this? Yeah. Um, uh, in my fifties. So it came late to me. So, uh, I'm 52 years old. I live in Salt Lake city, as you mentioned, my wife and our three sons that are six, eight and 10. And to my wife's horror, they all have my personality, um, <laughs> indomitable energy and spirit and kind <laughs> of, uh, they are my twins for sure. Triplets. Um, I'm from central Florida, right? Orlando, Florida, lived there for the first 26 years, born and raised there. My parents are still the same house I was raised in 57 years. My brother is um, four years my elder, a very accomplished uh, business leader and chemical engineer, my brother is. He, he's sort of the right brain, I'm sort of the, or he's the left brain, I'm the right brain, if you will. Uh, worked for the Disney company for four years. So a hometown company, worked for the Disney development company. That was the real estate development arm of the Walt Disney company. So they build wow. the hotels, the theme parks, the cruise ships. And then they sell them back to the Walt Disney Company. I worked there in my early 20s for four years until they invited me to leave. And that's a nice way of saying they said, Scott, get out. You are a jerk. You're a bit of a jackass. <laughs> You're immature. And, you know, I was 26. Had a great run. Disney's a very conservative company. I learned a ton. I'm still friends with everybody there. I don't burn bridges in life. And, you know, I found myself 26. And the, the Franklin Covey Company had heard of me because they'd had some collaboration at Disney. So here I am, 26. I'm a single Catholic boy, and I'm moving out to Provo, Utah. I mean, do the math. That's like, you know, a Jew moving to Vatican City, right? Probably good <laughs> for a weekend, but maybe not for, you know, 25 years. So here I move out to this beautiful state of Utah where the only Catholics were the priest and me, right, 25 years ago. <laughs> I had a wonderful journey, joined the Franklin Covey Company, the famous Dr. Stephen R. Covey, of course, of course, the author of the seminal book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That book has sold 40 million copies in 30 years. And I started as a frontline salesperson, selling leadership solutions to university school districts. I moved to Chicago, where I was, became a sales leader, moved to London for a year. And then I became the company's first chief marketing officer. So for six, you know, for eight years, I was the chief marketing officer. And then I read a book. I read a book two years ago called Multipliers. It is my favorite leadership book ever. It's, it's authored by a woman named Liz Wiseman, who's a very um, strong academic researcher. She was the, basically kind of the chief learning officer for Oracle for almost 20 years, left Oracle, and wrote a book. And the premise of the book was all of us want to be the multipliers of talent. But often, we find ourselves being accidental diminishers of talent, whether we're the rapid responder, or we're the idea fountain, or we're the optimist, or the pace setter, or the perfectionist, whatever it is, there are nine types of accidental diminishing tendencies that we all fall into. And our role is to identify those and to move to being a multiplier of others, right? Not to be the genius, but to be the genius maker. And I fell in love with this book. 
And since then, Franklin Covey has licensed the content for one of our own programs called Multipliers. Anyway, I read this book two years ago, actually about three years ago, as the chief marketing officer. And I realized, you know what? I needed to be the smartest person in the room. I needed to be the genius. I needed to be the most talented, the most creative, the most well-read. There used to be a joke, Nick, best idea wins as long as it's Scott's. <laughs> and so I had a bit of a professional epiphany. And I thought I was, you know, a decent leader. Heck, I was, you know, an author in a leadership company, right? So I moved myself out of that role. And I became the executive vice president of thought leadership where I could spend more time writing, speaking, hosting, and lifting others up. Um, privileged now to host the world's largest leadership podcast where you mentioned you were our 100th guest. We will have you back for certain. And now I'm leading and writing. And what I want to announce is I'm writing this new book called Master Mentors. 40 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. HarperCollins is publishing this book. And what I've done is I've picked 40 of my favorite podcast interviews of the first 150. And I'm featuring a different person, 40 different people. Great, you know, people like Dave Hollis, Seth Godin, Dan Pink, um, General McChrystal, my dear friend Nick. I picked 40 people to dedicate one chapter to each person to say, what did I, what's the single concept I learned from this person? And I'm dedicating this book to 40 people, including you. It comes out next year. I'm honored that you chose wow. to be I'm featured in this book with 40 people. So I'm giving Thank a plug you. more to you than I am to the book, but I'm delighted that you agreed to be one of my 40, um, my 40 in, in transformative, insightful people. It's an honor, an honor. I, I really wow. enjoyed the platform of being able to share all that I've learned in leadership and uh, would love to talk about that today, uh, if that's helpful to any yeah. of your um, listeners and viewers. No, I love it. So now let's get straight to our listeners and viewers. Um, no matter where you are around the world, the principles of leadership are the same. Whether you're a CEO, you got some kind of title or you don't, yeah. uh, in your own opinion. Uh, what do you think the three biggest disabilities are? in the world of leadership that have that have tripped leaders yeah. in such a transformation that let's yeah. start there what are the three no, disabilities yeah. number 1 i think when you are a leader you need to have the mindset that your job is to achieve results with and through other people that no longer are you the genius in the room? No longer should you have all the answers. That your job is to get results with and through other people. So when you believe that, you slow down. You become more patient. Wow. You're, you realize your job is to coach. Your job is to mentor. Your job is to build capability and capacity in other people. Your job isn't to do it all yourself. Your job isn't to rush in and save the day. Your job, job isn't to have it all done your way. It's to actually ignite the creativity and the potential in other people and build them up so that you can also use your talents in other ways. Number one is to transition to the mindset that your job is to get work done with and through others. That's the first thing. Second, I think too often organizations follow this idea that people are your most valuable assets. Let me debunk this myth. People are not an organization's most valuable asset. It's not true. Wow, wow. It is the relationships between those people are your competitive advantage. 
Because wow. you can copy everything. You can copy content, trademark, supply chain, pricing, distribution. Everything can be copied and stolen. And it is. What you cannot steal or replicate is the relationship between Nick and Scott. Because if Nick and Scott can get along, compliment each other, forgive each other, pre-forgive each other, because Nick's going to do something that pisses Scott off. Scott's going to say something that annoys Nick. But if we trust each other, if we love each other, respect each other, then we're going to assume good intent, right? right. We're not going to sell each other out. We're going to get in a room, close the door, declare our intent, have a high courage conversation and work it out for the betterment of the mission of the organization. That's the second thing. I don't know that leaders really understand that you are in the relationship business. I don't care if you're in the coffee business, you're in the intellectual property business, whatever it is, you are in the relationship business, not just with your customer, but with your team members and your employees. Now, let me, let me ask you, does that, on that point, I just want to clarify this because I know who you are. You would also then extend that to any contractors that's helping you do what you do. Not, and so. not even, right, when, when you have the, the cadence of honor and pre-forgiveness, right, yeah. there's always grace. Um, but, but not just employees, because I've actually noticed as well as a CEO, how we actually sometimes treat employees differently than contractors mm. when we've been with them for many, many years. Uh, so I would just add that uh, for anybody thinking that you're only, because you're relational, you, if you can't do it without people, then you need to have good relationship with all people. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Well said. All right, go well ahead. said. Go. Well said. I think the third really is as a leader, your job is to model everything you want to see from your team members, right? You, you want people to be punctual, you need to be punctual. If you want people to declare their intent, then you got to declare your intent. If you want people to stop gossiping, you got to stop gossiping, right? You, you, are, you are the model. To quote Dr. Covey, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. And it's, a, it's an incredibly high standard. Because you're going to find yourself at some point, you know, over communicating or perhaps, you know, speaking about someone uncharitably or perhaps showing a frustration that you should have kept, you know, in confidence or private. All of us are human. And so your job is to recognize when you have fallen down on your own standard, ask for forgiveness, correct your behavior and move forward. Leadership is a tough role. It's not for everyone. Not everyone should be a leader of people. Yes, we all have leadership capability, right? Lead a project, lead our lives. But not everyone should be a commercial airline pilot, especially you. You should not be a commercial airline pilot. I'm sorry. Not everyone should be an anesthesiologist. I'm sorry, Nick. It's not an option for you. Not everyone should be an anesthesiologist, including you, Nick. You shouldn't be an anesthesiologist. Not everyone should be a formal leader of people. And I think too often people are lured into leadership roles because they were the top salesperson. So of course they got promoted to be the top sales leader, right? Or they were the most creative digital designer and now they're leading the digital department. I think that organizations and people need to become fiercely more deliberate on what is the right path and who should be in leadership. I think too often we shame people 
into becoming leaders. It's the only path for you. If you want to earn more money, if you want to have a better office or more influence, you have to be a leader of people. What happens is people become leaders of people, and it's not their natural skill. It's not their passion. It's not their talent. They realize, oh, crap, leading people is about having high-courage conversations. Leading people is about talking about personal hygiene or punctuality or collaboration. I mean, not everyone should be a leader of people. And I think people implode too often in leadership roles, and they miss what their passion was. They just wanted to be an individual producer. They wanted to come in, do their best possible work, and go live their life. And so I'm kind of on a bit of a mission to make sure that people know, is this the right journey, the right role for you? I love it. I love it. Uh, look, we know that 2020, Scott, is unprecedented. Yeah. Um, you can't compare this year to any other year in the history of mankind. But to me, on one vertical, there is a correlation in the entrepreneurship world to the global economic crisis that started in 08 to now 2020. And you and I know the multi-multi-billion dollar companies that were birthed in that era. Yeah. From 08 to 12 or 08 to 13. Yeah. Um, for, for, for now that we, we covered the disabilities of leadership, what are the three superpowers mm. um, that, that leaders yeah. have done, are doing, and because yeah. they have done and are doing, yeah. they're going to be yeah. the ones that are going to have the multi- billion dollar yeah uh empires because they did these things right the three things that they did right how did you get so smart i because i'm talking to you more and more i get inspired and and Damn. i might you know my brain sobers up i'm like that's a great question i told myself that was a great question but a great I, question really and by the way the you did not pitch these questions to me so i'm i'm flying you know blind on these number one i had the privilege of interviewing karen Dillon. She's the former editor of the Harvard Business Review, prolific author, and she was an author with Clayton Christensen, the famed you know, innovation expert who passed about six months ago. In her book with Clayton Christensen called How Will You Measure Your Life? This was a best-selling book where they took business principles and applied them to people's personal lives. It's a genius book called How Will You Measure Your Life? In this book, they quote a business study that showed that 93% of organizations that ultimately achieved financial success, meaning they achieved the goals they set out for financially. Nick, listen to this carefully. 93% of organizations that ultimately achieved financial success did it through an emergent strategy versus their deliberate strategy, meaning their original strategy that the CEO birthed or the board birthed, they, 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 they put their ego on, they put their, they mortgaged their home on, whatever it was, that was not the strategy that achieved them success. It was a different strategy. It was an emergent strategy, 93% of the time. Now, what that leads to your answer to your question is, leaders have to be nimble, they have to be agile, they have to be emotionally humble, they have to be able to realize, you know what, my genius idea isn't the right idea. Maybe Scott's got something. Maybe Nick's got something. And they can check their ego and realize they may need to pivot. That's the number one thing. I think the hubris, the arrogance that comes with being the CEO, the founder, the entrepreneur, the owner, will get you in trouble. And you have to be agile enough intellectually, emotionally, and with your ego to say, you know what? What got me here isn't going to get me there. 
93% of the time. That's the first thing. Amazing. Here's the second. My gosh. Here's the second. Um, I think as leaders, we're conditioned to be strong communicators, right? To be charismatic, to build a big vocabulary, to present from the stage, manage our gestures. In my case, my gestures. In your case, your facial expressions. You know what? We're taught to be strong communicators, right? We're always in influence mode, persuasion mode, convincing mode. And those are good skills. The problem is when you're always talking, you're not listening. And speaking can be quite selfish. Listening is quite selfless. So if you want to build a culture where you are an empathic listener, you have to be mindful of how often you're talking versus how often you're listening. And, and all this talking comes from a good place because you want to clarify and you want to get the mission clear and the sales goals clear. But as a leader, you got to balance that with, are you listening what's going on? Are you feeling the challenges? Are you feeling the pain of people? Do other people have great ideas that you're steamrolling over? Are you asking so many questions that you're not listening to people's solutions and ideas? I think leaders speak way too often. Let me give you the third. I think that one of Dr. Covey's co-founders was a, name I, a man by the name of Blaine Lee. He wrote a book 20 years ago called The Power Principle, Influence with Honor. And he said this quote that I think is one of the most prophetic, profound things I've ever heard. He said, nearly all, if not all conflict in life comes from mismatched or unfulfilled expectations. I'm going to repeat it. Nearly all, if not all, conflict in life comes from mismatched or unfulfilled expectations. Wow. And think about it with your spouse, your mother-in-law, your landlord, your investors, your receptionist, your pastor, whatever it is in life. Great leaders take the time. They summon the courage. They move outside their comfort zone to be super clear on expectations from others, on what they are and are not going to do. And that requires you to have high courage conversations. It requires you to move outside your comfort zone and really discuss sometimes the awkward prickly things. It requires you to leave nothing open to chance, nothing open to misinterpretation. It requires you to realize what is in here isn't always in there in their head too. Because you've been thinking about it in the shower every morning for the last month does not mean that Scott fully understands your vision. So you've got to sit down. You've got to say it in simple terms. You've got to have them repeat it back to you. You've got to have them ask questions about it, right? So they understand it better than you do. I think too often leaders don't understand how much confusion exists about your mission, your vision, your strategy, your fears your vulnerabilities, your concerns. Be more vulnerable, be more clear. Take the time to diffuse all this conflict that comes from confusion. Those are three things I would offer um, extemporaneously. If you can master some of those, you're gonna be a better leader. Killer, killer. Scott, what would you like to now talk about? Tell me what's next with you. I find you to be, you know, I have spent my entire career 
with best-selling authors, CEOs, celebrities, thought leaders. I spend all my time with people at your stature in green rooms and at airports. You are completely set apart from most people that I know in terms of your, not just your success, not just your influence, but your ability to stay resilient in not just difficult times, but crushing times. I'm sure you have lows. I'm sure you have horror stories. You have no arms. You have no legs. You, you are a force of nature, yet you have found the strength to be a light to so many people. I would love to know what's going on with you? What's next for you? You didn't ask me to ask this question. I'd like to know what's next because I find great inspiration in following you on your podcast and your social and your books. Tell me what's next for you, Nick, because that's going to give me energy and give me gas. You know what's been really cool is, and thanks for asking. That's amazing. Um, I'm not surprised that you actually asked me because you're you're just that person where someone's asking you something you're like no 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 tell me more about it. like you're you're so inspirational um so no one's asked me that on camera i would have to say that look i've been in the last 20 years i've never done the least travel like i've done now so 20 years 2500 airplanes uh later 21 presidents, vice presidents, crowds as large as 800,000 people, you know, 53 million people, you know, watching me speak in front of that crowd, being on TV to a billion people in China, billion people outside of China, the nonprofit doing wonderful. I actually don't think that I've actually started my entrepreneurship desire. Um, it's always been about Nick speaking, Nick centric things mm. that needed me required me to be me up on stage in public um needed me to do something where in, instead of like you know starting a coffee shop not that i'm starting a coffee shop um but i i actually just uh placed my trades uh because you know these last six months i've been like wondering okay what what is it and what was it that brought nick alive hmm. number one my, my wife and kids now i get to reset my future with my time commitments and my priorities with number one faith number two family with a wife and four kids and retire from travel pretty much altogether at 37 what a gift but now i mean one of the things that i used to do was trade stocks yeah, I just went into positions this week. Uh, really exciting. Um, doing real estate now. There are a lot of opportunities in the state of Texas you could never dream of in California. Um, so that's fun. Um, and then just um, I, I, my, my seven-year-old son, Scott, do you know the conversations I have with him? He's flooring me. Like, I can't believe the conversation I'm having with my seven-year-old. He says, Daddy, what kind of business can I start? Like, he has the same wiring that I've developed into without me saying nothing. Like, nothing. He's just, 
that's just oh you're saying is. a lot no 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 i'm interrupting you you're saying a lot because that your children are watching your entrepreneurial spirit they're watching your abundance right. mentality so had, right they're I've watching your entrepreneurial spirit and you he do. sees me helping that's right nonprofits like we've been helping three or four nonprofits at the same time okay yeah. like right. it's been incredible i just had a mind mastermind here with three girls they're starting an incredible freaking nonprofit. it's going to be amazing and so i gave them 15 years of experience and basically we came up with their five to ten year strategic plan wow and like minimal micro step and so i love to be able to give back as well so the entrepreneurial spirit in in packaging everything i've known and learned and experienced um so what we're doing is is virtual roundtables moving forward uh people will pay to be at a virtual round table with me that's cool one's gonna be for ceos one's gonna be for nonprofit. one's gonna be just motivational with me and and a special guest like hopefully a les brown a, a scott yep. miller yeah uh, john maxwell whoever yeah yep. uh and then we have those things and then we record these round tables and then we do a subscription model wow. for anyone who's a subscriber subscription and then all the content that i've done we're uploading it and then basically becoming a, a subscription model motivational coaching platform we're there and then we do our own day seminars here in you know in in texas so i don't have to fly anywhere anymore when, are, so when is that when I'm is going. that starting how do i get how do i get my hands on that so like i i haven't even written the first draft plan but that's exactly what we're doing <laughs> i love that i love that you know also um this isn't public information yet, but Franklin Covey, of which I'm the executive vice president of thought leadership. Wait, 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 wait. Is this public information or not? Just so I know. To well, it's not it. like it's not public non-material, right? It's not. This isn't like going to change the stock. Okay, you're okay. Okay, cool. So we can we can publish this. <laughs> he can trade on this, probably. Yeah. Um, we're having our sales conference. You know, like everybody is in a sales organization, right. right? We're a global organization. This year, our sales conference is virtual. And all I hope none of the Franklin Covey people hear this, you're going to be our closing keynote virtually. And Franklin Covey, of course, has hired you. We're paying you your honorarium. And it's very true that you still are available for virtual keynotes for companies that want to have you come in and kick off their conference or close their conference. You're still available for virtual keynotes from your home in Texas, are you not? Correct, correct. And yeah. on a fraction of a fraction. Of That's what right. Would, would tell well, us, I mean, you know, how about how about not a fraction of a fraction? How about a fraction of the original, right? Because you're still bringing great value. But I'm I'm honored and delighted that you're going to kind of be our surprise guest. So for all your, you know, millions of listeners out there, don't call up your Franklin Covey colleagues and let it go yet. But <laughs> but honestly, I encourage everybody listening. If you've got a conference or you've got a association or a company and you're thinking about, you know, a keynote, I mean, Nick crushes it. Our CEO. When I pitched your name, he's like, okay, done, next. And he didn't even ask me anything. Our CEO just said, yes, we'd love to have Nick. Asked him what it cost. I told him, he said, okay, I can scrape that together. So I want to tell you, I think you will be more in demand than you think you are for virtual keynotes. Hopefully we can be home with your family, right, in the coming couple of years. That's that's the goal. That's the key. And I'm very excited. So thank you for asking. And um, I... Uh, I'm I'm glad to be where I'm at at 37. And and if I died today, if I died today, and that's don't you know, die. I, always, I, I got a conference coming up. You can't leave yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I always have that that perspective, right? That yeah. this is this is it. Like th this is my last conversation I have with my wife. This is the last night I'm kissing her good night. 
this last time I get to look at my kids and I say, I love you. Uh, that's the way I live. And so I die happy knowing I don't die. You and I, we have faith in heaven. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the richest 37 year old there is, but there's a lot of freaking work to do. Like I'm, I'm anticipating Scott, you know, that, yep. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, that I believe that COVID's a flu and just the, the parameters of what is happening with quarantine is actually going to bring a lot more destruction than the, the flu itself, including the greatest wave of global starvation the world has ever seen. I hear uh, you, you know that, you know, I'm, I'm the speaker that has met 650 sex slaves um, who don't always believe that organizations are, you know, pure. So um, in that said, there's a lot of work to do and there's opportunity. And as you know, there's opportunity uh, in every obstacle. And so being thankful, being happy yet always mission-minded. Scott, what's in it for, for, for the next 10 years in your life? I'd, I'd love to know what about you. Well, I think um, similar to you, right? I'm um, keeping my marriage together. It's tough yeah. right now, right? Marriage is tough. Kids yeah. quarantined, home from school, you know, budgets being impacted, right? It's certainly us as well. So number one is keeping my marriage together is most important. Three is launching these three young gentlemen into the world as... Um, as uh, members of our faith, as being, you know, uh, positive contributors to the world and to, um, to our country. I, I take my role as dad very seriously. They drive me crazy sometimes. I want to strangle them like you probably do yours. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I could. You, like, you basically couldn't strangle them, right? Um, I, I'm honored to be a part of the Franklin Covey Company. I'm going to keep writing and speaking like you. I'm going to be doing more things, you know. Um, on my own, I'm excited to uh, uh, be hosting this podcast and build my own brand and take all of the lessons that I learned from being a, a good leader and a bad leader, right? And all the messes that I created and help other leaders avoid some of those messes that I stepped in along the way and hope to use some of my successes and failures to teach other people. And though, to your point, leave a legacy, right? Leave the world better than I found it. Hopefully lift people up, create some income and some confidence in people around me. That's my journey. And I'm honored to be on your podcast. I'm honored to be your friend. I'm excited you're going to be our keynote. Um, I'm honored, I'm honored that I came into your world. You, my, I am better for having known you, known you truly. You know, I, I'm going to say this publicly, Scott. I'm, I'm coming within eight weeks to come and see you face to face. I'm going to come to Salt Lake City. And uh, we're going we're gonna to break bread. And uh, I want to meet. Uh, a friend that you mentioned, and then I want you to meet also a friend that I mentioned to you. I'd love long. to. Yeah, I'd love um, to. And I, 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 I think we're going to be able to look back at this podcast. Yes. Kind of chuckle because there is something here that, uh, that I think is just, it's going to be a win-win and we're going to, we're going to make the world a better place because we, we broke bread. Dude, you are Saturn, and I'm just sitting out on one of your rings. I'm like way out here on one of your rings, and you're Saturn. I'm just kind of revolving around you. <laughs> we look forward to having you at our house for dinner. We look forward to hosting you. I'm going to be there. I'll be coming, and uh, thank you. My kids might tip you over, so you better make sure that you're – I'm happy with that. That's cool. It's all good. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have this time with you. 
Hold up your books one more time. Tell everyone ah, how to connect. Do everyone it. deserves a great manager. Management Mess, Leadership Success. In fact, Nick, thank you for the platform. Management Mess, Leadership Success did so well that the publisher signed me to a nine-book deal in the Mess to Success series. So starting next year, Marketing Mess to Brand Success is coming out. And then Job Mess to Career Success, Relationship Mess, Communication Mess, Parenting Mess. There's going to be a whole series of the Mess to Success books coming out in the next nine years. I'm going to kind of become the mess to success guy. So thank you for the, um, thanks for the platform today. Dude, congrats. Websites, give them. You know, you can visit franklincovey.com, subscribe to our podcast. You can Google me. I'm out there. My wife says I'm overexposed. You can connect on LinkedIn. It's kind of, kind of not, I'm pretty easy to find these days. Thanks to also the platform that you're providing me. I'm grateful to you. Awesome. Please give my love to the whole team. I will. And, thank you, Nick. Uh, this was an honor and a privilege. And I know we we changed someone's life on this uh, this little episode, bro. Thank you. Honor's mine. All right. Everyone watching, thank you so much for watching or listening. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Help us reach as many people as possible by giving us a rating, a review, and subscribing to this podcast. Love you so much. And remember, share this with anyone you know who needs to hear this as well. I'll see you next week.